Alright, we back. It's Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Uh, long day of work. Some weird speculation about the Steelers. Big trades in the NFL. You know, obviously everyone hears about Carson Wentz. NBA's in full swing. Baseball just got started. And NHL's going. Soccer's going. Sports World's buzzing. Sports World is a bloom. Buzzing mm-hmm. for sure. You know, today we actually, uh, we'd only talked that we were going to do some NBA stuff, but um, there's this thing that always happens in the sports world. Um, sports happen, and a Damn. trade was made. Carson Wentz is traded. Let's get right into it. So Carson Wentz traded. Um, the Eagles have given Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for a third-round pick, um, which I believe is this year. And a second round pick that is next year. Am I am I getting that yep, right? Yep, it's next year. Could turn into a first. And it could turn into it a first. It probably will for those of you so that's it So that's, will. yeah. He's got to play 75% of the snaps. And as long as he's their starting quarterback, that will happen. And as long as he's not hurt, that will happen. So there's the a good other... chance that this is a first round pick next yeah. year and a third this year. Right. Even so, still, third and first. Yeah. So I guess the, my first reaction when I saw the trade is I was wrong. Matthew Stafford did not reset the market. So you you disagree. um, I disagree because for, for me, my first reaction, um, actually someone told it to me at work before I got the actual alert on my phone. And I was like, finally, like about time. We all knew. Of course we knew he was going, it was almost decided he was going to the Colts, but when, and for what? Correct. And um, again, I was not surprised that it was going to the Colts. Um, If a lot of you have been following the story, it was basically like the Bears wanted him badly, but they were not willing to trade for Carson Wentz if he did not want to be there, which he made it. He used everything he could to say, get me to the Colts. So the Colts trade for him. Now, I guess there's two, two layers to your question here. The first one. I didn't think Matt Stafford would reset the market. I think I was on the podcast saying Jared Goff's contract was so enormous that to take that and the Rams were always big spenders anyway. And there was four people in the mix and everyone knew Stafford was going, but to get them as cheap as they did, I didn't think like that was a little shocking. Like I thought maybe like, okay, maybe not a starting quarterback. Let me, let me stop you. Who got, who as cheap as they did? I was surprised that the Colts got Carson Wentz. Okay. First I agree with you. Yeah, um, I'm agreeing. With you. I don't. I mean, Carson Wentz. I've always been a big fan of Carson Wentz's. I've never been one to talk down on him. And honestly, the Eagles were so bad and in such shambles all year, we pretty much dismissed them on the podcast. It was like their whole team's in shambles, coaching staffs a mess, and we kind of never really talked about the Eagles. Um, also, it's exciting for me because I think everyone knows I'm a little bit of a closet Colts fan. Um, I've always loved the Colts outside of the Steelers as my second favorite team. Uh, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and now Carson Wentz. I think it's very exciting. But yeah, a third, a third this this round. It's, you don't even really care about that getting a franchise quarterback, and then pretty much a first next year. I thought they would have to pay more for Carson Wentz. I did as well. It, it, they truly paid for 2020 Carson Wentz. You can, and, yes. And if that's the case, I think that the Colts made out with a pretty good bargain. Um, even if they get 2020 Carson Wentz, I, I mean, even if they get 
the discombobulated turnover machine. I don't think that's what they're getting. But, I mean, today, a franchise quarterback pretty much demands minimum. People are trading two first-round picks for players that have never taken a snap in an NFL game. So, like, I don't know. I just assumed the market would be more. And I think the Colts really believe they can get 2017 Carson Wentz prior to his ACL injury. I I don't know. I just – I'm not even going to get too much in the Eagles. I just think the trade works out for both teams, except the Eagles, man. Holy crap. I mean, you you let go of your Super Bowl MVP because you believed in Carson Wentz. Okay? And then you take the largest cap hit in NFL history – to, I'm gonna say give them away. I'm gonna say give them away because you give away a first you a, a franchise QB, um, for a, a rookie quarterback that took. I mean, what did he play? Two and a half games, three games. Three it was something games? late, and then when he was picking up momentum as the team started, they pulled him. Yeah, it's, it's just, the whole thing is a mess. Yeah. Um. I see you, I mean, pointing out a lot of the things in the Eagles in the past and where they're going. I I guess for me, I've accepted the fact that the Eagles are in shambles. No one knows what's going on with the Eagles. Yeah. And I look more at the, the positive side, and that's for the Colts. Yeah, so let's talk about the Colts. Yeah, like, so you've got Jonathan Taylor ran for a little over a thousand yards. I think he ended up being the third leading rusher in the NFL at 1,169. And Hines was great too. Yep. The Eagles set an NFL record starting 15 different offensive line combinations last year. The Colts have the seventh ranked offensive line. He's getting a night and day difference on the offensive line. Everyone knows about Frank Wright the uh, head coach who was his offensive coordinator during his MVP season. I say MVP season. I know he didn't win it, but we all know it was Carson Wentz's till the knee happened. Um, But another interesting hire is they're bringing in Press Taylor, who may not be super important to the staff in terms of what he will actually do for the entire team, but he's been on the, the Eagles coaching staff since 2016 as quarterback coach, assistant, pass game coordinator, He's actually Zach Taylor's brother, little fun fact, Bengals head coach. But um, him and Frank Reich have worked well with Carson Wentz. And I think what a lot of people overlook is, you know, Philadelphia, I think it's not crazy to say that they're they're very outspoken and aggressive towards all of their top athletes. That's just kind of how Philadelphia is, especially in football. So Phillip Rivers comes from South Dakota and absolutely lights it up. I mean, he was just playing fantastic and then got injured. You know, as soon as he gets injured, Nick Foles comes in. They put up a statue of him, and he ends up going on to win the Super Bowl. And then, you know, they move off Nick Foles, and then they bring in a second-round pick in Jalen Hurts. And it's like they kind of just kept treating Carson Wentz really bad. And, like, in terms of where your mentals are, I don't think he really cared for Philadelphia. And you can say that's right or wrong, but I don't think we saw a fully committed Carson Wentz last year. And I, I really look forward to seeing him for the Colts. I think it definitely bumps them up in wherever you think they could have been. And as of right now, they have the 28th ranked, you know, schedule going into the season. And you start to look at potentially like T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robinson, Marvin Jones, Juju, Galladay, some of the receivers that could be out there for him. Michael Pittman's still there. 
Does he try and get Zach Ertz to follow him from Philadelphia? Because it's looking like he might not be there. That's all speculation. But in terms of Carson Wentz, we don't know if we're going to get the 2020 or 2017 or somewhere in between. But if there was a situation that was perfect for Carson Wentz to rebound from what he had last year, he's, he's, he's in it. There was no, there was no better situation, and you can't help but hope we get to see the Carson Wentz of 2017 because yeah. when he was playing like that, I mean, he was top top six, seven quarterback in the league, and and I'd rather see that than another Robert Griffin the third. Yeah, I th- I think you know just sticking to the Colts here, uh, they just pulled the Rams. They just pulled an LA Rams where they're so confident in their roster, they were missing one piece. And a lot of times, if you look back at history, there's been times where teams are so talented and they're just missing the QB. And it's like the hardest spot to replace. You know, the first team that comes to mind that, you know, for the longest time, I'm like, wow, this team is a quarterback away, a quarterback away. It was the Minnesota Vikings in the late 2000s where. They just needed one guy, and they ended up getting Brett Favre at the tail end. He had an MVP caliber season, just didn't get him to the Super Bowl, but was there, you know? Um, more recently, just literally last year, the Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback away. They go out and grab Tom Brady. Uh, the Rams, you know, they felt so confident with their roster. If we could just get rid of Jared Goff and bring in another guy, we can compete for a Super Bowl. They went and get Stafford. The Colts not only went out and got Carson Wentz, who they believe can get them to a Super Bowl, and I, I believe that as well. They have the cap space to surround him with That's the pieces scary. to win. That's it's scary extremely the cap. scary. Because as you alluded to, they don't need to spend on the offensive line. They have one. They don't need to spend on a running back. They have like three. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need to spend on the, the defensive line. They actually, DeForest Buckner's there for the next couple of years. They have a solid linebacker, Darius Leonard. They have a skill player in each spot of that defense. just got drafted last year. He was phenomenal. Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes joined the team for a discount. This team will go out. And you're not going to like this. It is what it is. But they're probably going to go out and steal Juju Smith. Or they're going to go out and grab Godwin. Or they're going to bring in a receiver from the market. Maybe Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson would be money. Money. I also think, you know, keep going. Yes, Allen Robinson. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. They're going to go out. They're going to surround him with a piece. You watch. And Carson Wentz is going to be good. He'll be good. And I think. say he's going to be elite or great. He'll be good. He'll be worth a first and a third round pick. Today, everybody, even if they don't like Carson Wentz, thinks the Colts are better with him than Phillip Rivers. 100%. At the worst, they're the same team they were last year. Um, I think yep. two two things I thought of, which, I mean, one's more speculation. One, I mean, they're both speculation, but everyone talks about maybe Garoppolo returning to the Patriots. I do think that Jacob Beeson, the guy they drafted, is their project who they want to be the backup. But I think Jacoby Brissett's not going to be a Colt then. I feel like you have to move Jacoby Brissett. I think he can start in this league. Um, I think the Patriots are a team that may pursue that. I'm not saying for sure. But I also thought of a team, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. I I look at um, what he did for the Giants, and they play on turf. And since he's been at the Browns, some of his best games that I can remember when he played against the Jets and his return to New York 
and when he played against the Cowboys and had that blowout game this year. I think Odell Beckham Jr. plays better on turf and maybe even in domes. And I think the Colts is a perfect situation that maybe they go out and get him, you know, a star wide receiver, maybe the best receiver Carson Wentz has ever had in Odell Beckham Jr. They don't really have too many divas or superstars on the team that, you know, demand a lot of attention. I think it would be fun for the Colts to go get Odell Beckham Jr. too if he leaves Cleveland, but that's nor here, no there. But just yeah. a little nugget in your guys' mind, just food for thought. Yeah, I mean, I mean that wraps up my, my thought process on the trade. I think the Colts win it for sure. Uh, I don't think there's that way they can lose the trade unless Carson Wentz is throwing 20 to 25 picks this year. If If that's the case and he's just literally a turnover machine and he's out of this league, then they lose the trade. But guess yeah. what? A first round pick. You gave up one first round because I'm assuming it's gonna be first. You gave up one first round pick and a third. That's a slap on the wrist. If this, yeah. If Carson plays one season, you didn't lose anything. Seriously, right. you didn't. Yeah. I mean, that's it. If his career ended in week two, you're like, all right. You're well, talking about a pick. franchise quarterback. That third round pick doesn't exist. It it, it doesn't un- matter. Yeah, it do- you're you're 100 right. It doesn't. It's it is complete wash at this point. And uh, I just can't believe how little the Colts gave up and what the Eagles were able to give up in order to absorb the largest, and I'm not joking, ladies and gentlemen, the largest cap hit in NFL history for any single player. It's $38 million they're not going to be able to use. In breaking news this morning, (laughs) the 2020 cap was at 198. It was projected to go down to 175 this year. It is now almost set and locked. It will be official in about a couple of days at 180. So it is going to take a drop. And you're going to take the largest cap hit in the first year that it's dropped in well over 10 years. It's just stupid to me. You should yeah. have gotten a haul. And uh, when, when, we're, when we're looking at the Colts, I understand that, you know, we're going to be keeping a close eye on them, the new the new toy, Carson Wentz. And there may be a lot of quarterbacks, but it says that they have the 28th easiest schedule. Um, the Jaguars are now going to have Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. You know, that's two games that are going to be different. And it's the AFC East and the NFC West, which a lot of people think the West is the best division. Their records aren't super high because they're beating the crap out of each other all year for the most part. And uh, the AFC East has some teams on the rise with the Bills, Dolphins, you know, the Jets with all their cap space, who knows what they'll do. Never can count out the Patriots and Bills. So let's just take our time with, with Carson Wentz and the Colts. Give, give them a month to figure it out. But there will be offseason. There will be training camp. And I expect Carson Wentz to be a home run. I'm very excited to see what the Colts can do. Yeah. Well, we'll keep it moving here. We'll get uh, right into what we assumed was going to be our NBA pod today. Let's start with the uh, the mailbag question coming in from two separate people. We'll just go ahead and tag them both. So it's uh, Garrett and Tyler. Um, the main question is, is what's going on with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin? Both are being reportedly sat by their teams, the Cavaliers and the Pistons, and they're trying to look for trade partners. Mm-hmm. So they want us to predict what those trades will look like. Well, here's this. Andre Drummond is due $28 million this year. That I'm guessing 14 of it's probably already been paid out. It's about halfway through the year. Okay. He will be due the other 14 million to the team that picks him up. Next year, he will be an unrestricted free agent after this season. Okay. Blake Griffin, on the other hand, uh, this year he was due 37 million. 
about halfway paid out, which looks right around 18-ish million, okay? He will be due the other 18. Next season, he will be due 39 million in the final year of his contract. So, if you don't mind, I'll start with this. Yeah, go ahead. Blake Griffin's not going to be traded. I said this a couple weeks ago, when, or a couple days ago, I feel like, when somebody um, had reached out to me and we were talking. I think it was Chuck. We were, I think it's Chuck and, and Jamie. It was a couple of us talking on Real Talk, and I said, Blake Griffin won't be traded. Nobody's going to take on that contract for the low production that you'll get back in return. Um, and then, I'm not joking, like a day later, he was put on the trade block. It's like, first, I mean, regardless of whether he's on the block or not, nobody's taking that on. Tell me a single team in the league. I don't, let's, let's take contract out of it. Okay, let's pretend he has a blank slate. Tell me a, a team in the league that would trade for, okay, a player that's uh, got numerous injuries, numerous injuries, and it, at this point is probably good for 15 and maybe five a night. There's a few teams. There's a few teams. But now, with everything I just told you, you have to pay that dude $39 million next year. There ain't a single person that's going to go out and pay $39 million for 14 and five. You're just not. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, when it comes to Blake Griffin, you know, I thought more and more he's either not going to be traded or it would be to a team that I don't think is a contender either. Maybe they're just looking to to change up their lineup. In terms of Blake Griffin, I mean, he's just an athletic dunker. He was just a posterizer. I mean, since Chris Paul left, has anyone talked about Blake Griffin about him being good at basketball or changing the not 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 saying he's bad, but like Blake no, Griffin I, is is not what he was made out to be with the Clippers. I feel and Chris Paul makes everyone better. Chris Paul kind of earned him this contract that that they're kind of stuck with now. So I and uh, he's a Piston, correct? He is, and his as soon as he was traded to the Pistons from L.A., he signed the contract in L.A. and they traded him less than a year later. He hadn't even been there a full year when he signed the contract, and it was a huge contract to Detroit. His first year with Detroit was fantastic, and I believe they were the eighth seed, but he wasn't able to start a playoff game because of a knee injury. So, or maybe, just, I think we were the eighth seed. Yeah, I think he's we not the worth the money. He's just not. And he's and I not. In with with COVID and no fans in the stands, really, I would say maybe they're trying to get Blake Griffin in there to sell tickets. You know, come watch Blake Griffin play. But it's like that's not even a thing anymore. He's just such a shell of what he was. Yeah. Like you used to turn it on Sports Center and seeing like a Blake Griffin dunk or two every night, and now it's kind of like he never really developed a, a jumper. He's not. There's really nothing else to his game. And with like you said, the numerous injuries, I just don't think he's the player that he was. And it's a you shame, just, but. You just said something. You said you turn on Sports Center and you watch a Blake Griffin dunk. I heard a stat today. <laughs> the last time Blake Griffin dunked in a game. You ready? Oh, no. 2019. Jesus. Yeah, see, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he used to just be, like, for L.A. And, and even, like you said, that early, the early Pistons, it was like he was yeah. just, just yam. And then he can't get to the rim. He's taking uncontested three-point jumpers and not making them it just he's not going to be traded in my opinion and unless you have a destination you think fits go ahead and spew it otherwise we'll move on to drummond yeah no uh, okay because yeah. i believe andre drummond is a tradable asset right now and there's teams that could afford him i don't know 
again, there's 14 million due. I don't know what all would need to happen, but barring details, where where does he fit basically? Where do you think would be a great spot? Home run, Brooklyn. They are run. They don't have the money though. I mean, I know we just said bearing all the details. Yes, they need a center. I mean, that's what they need. They, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, which which you're alluding to, they're first in points per game and fourth in assists per game, but they're 18th in rebounding and 28th in defense. Andre Drummond is the solution for that. (laughs) He's the solution to their problem. Yes. I just when you get into the details about money and. And what they have, like, there's not really much they can get rid of. They, they can only I really pick. Uh, but, yes, fantasizing. I mean, sure, just throw the, the Eastern All-Stars to Brooklyn. Like, Well, and I I hate to be that, like, oh, everybody, you know, Brooklyn could use anybody. But truly, the, the best fit for him is Brooklyn, period. However, that maybe that's Kyrie. And then the money works. Maybe that's Kyrie back to Cleveland for Drummond. I, I don't know. I, 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 that's interesting and that's fun, but I, I think when you talk about potentially trading a guard, especially point guard, when they have Sexton and Garland, I don't. I think that's kind of their core future. They're trying to build upon. Well, I mean, I, I think they might take a Garland. right, but I'm just saying they might take a shooting guard potentially. But I think they would be looking for maybe another big man. Sure, he might not be as good, but maybe they're trying to free up money. I, I don't know what Cleveland's plan is, but. They don't want Drummond, so maybe they just don't want to win. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, Cleveland's got like four centers right now, to be fair. Yeah. And and they so have they, kind yeah, of yeah, 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 they got tons of pieces. Uh, I, I th- go ahead. I, I think a perfect spot and something that would solve their problems, because right now I think they could be better than what they are. I think the Boston Celtics could really use Andre Drummond. Um I have it here. Andre Drummond averages 17 and a half points, 13 and a half rebounds. Um, the Celtics are 14 and 14 and they're 21st in rebounds, 22nd in points. So they need in their 28th and assists. So they kind of need a big man because they're not getting any second chance opportunities. They're, they're not scoring as much as you'd think, but the team runs through Brown and Tatum. Yeah. I think if you use Daniel Tice, either one of the guards, Kemba Walker or Marcus Smart, and potentially draft picks, and you add Drummond to this team, because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum should be handling the ball up anyway. I have it here that the, the Boston Celtics, they're 14 and 14. They're 500. They were on a five-game win streak early in the year. Kemba came back. They lost five of their next seven games. I feel like this team, you know, with Jalen Brown and Tatum, they don't need a star point guard. I didn't really work with Kyrie, and I don't think it's really working with Kemba. They I were think better with, the, with Terry Rozier, who wasn't I, demanding a bunch of shots. Exactly. If they could have, sure, the title's point guard, but just a shooter. Yeah. A guy who can hit key shots. You add Andre Drummond, a guy who's going to, he averages four offensive boards a game. Mm. I think if you if you have a big three of Brown, Tatum, and Drummond on the floor, I think the Celtics could totally revamp. And they're already sixth in defense in the league in terms of points per game is allowed. I think Andre Drummond definitely inserts you into that top five category, and the Celtics could really make that push because 
I, I feel like Celtics fans are tired of making it to the to the final four in the East and then just being outmatched. And when you look at some of the teams, you know, a center is what could be what beats Brooklyn. Or you have to deal with Embiid. Or a team like the Brooklyn or uh, Brooklyn uh, Miami Bucks or Milwaukee Bucks, geez, oh, Pete, mm-hmm. who have Giannis or Miami who have Adebayo. There's a lot of big guys in the East, and um, Boston really has no rim protection. I mean, Tristan Thompson's cool, but I feel like he'd be a nice two. And right now he's their starter. I feel like Andre Drummond's a home run for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I like that fit too. Another one that uh, comes to mind, and they could really, really use him and potentially start seeing their success that they've had in the past couple of years. The Toronto Raptors. So they had Jonas Balachulis or whatever his name was, right? And he was on their squad for a while. They traded him for Marcus Gasol. They won a title with Gasol. Gasol went to the Lakers, and they haven't replaced him. They could really use Andre Drummond. They're I think also that would be a huge hit. 30th in rebounds per game. The in Raptors the are? Raptors are dead last. They are 30th. They're kind of middle Instantly of the pack. Fixes yep. Instantly he, fixes them. Andre Drummond, I believe, leads the NBA. He does. In, Clint Capilla does. But he, Andre Drummond five. over the last five years yeah. has it's, more rebounds than the next two combined might not be close to him. I mean, he's just he's by far the best rebounder of our era these last five, six, seven years. They're the seventh seed in the East while being dead last in rebounds in the NBA. That's That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of teams that could benefit from having a stud rebounder, but we're just kind of trying to see where he fits in. Um, neither of us listed a West team. Is there a West team that you think would obviously benefit? I mean, I would love to say so Portland, but Portland yeah. has uh, Jerkic or whatever his name Jerkic. Yeah. Um, I mean, just looking through, I mean – there's not really a ton of teams, but I will say one, and I know everyone knows I'm kind of rooting for these guys, but the Dallas Mavericks, because although Chris Stapps is big, he's he's not a rebounder. They have Willie Cauley-Stein, and then just kind of guys. Like, I feel like the roster of the Mavericks is weak, and, you know, I was kind of blind to that with my infatuation with Luka picking them sixth, but, but, but looking at this team and I've been watching them NBA league pass. I, I haven't missed really much Mavericks games and they're missing that option of a free bucket down low or that physical guy. They're actually 28th in the league in rebounds and 24th in opponents points per game. Andre Drummond is a massive help. And if the Mavericks are willing to give up the resources, I, I really think it could kind of free up an opportunity to let Chris Stapps and Drummond be on the floor at the same time and let Chris Stapps play the mid-range and actually kind of be a massive stretch four. I mean, he's seven foot three. Yeah, no, But yeah. he really plays like a stretch player. He's more of a ball handler shooter. So I really think that would cause him problems, and the Mavericks would be really big because Luka point is six seven. So that team turns really big, and it's it's an absolute need. They're, like I said, 28th, and the Raptors 30th. All the teams we mentioned, Brooklyn, Boston, Dallas, and Toronto, I think are all fits. And and if you're those teams, I don't know why you wouldn't be exhausting resources to try and acquire a guy like Andre Drummond. He's a two-time all-star, board machine. And like I said, he's averaging just shy of 20 points on a team that's 10 and 9. Yeah, he's got uh, the most 2020 games since Shaq. And to my knowledge, he's still closing in on Shaq's record. Um, 
in the modern era, obviously, Will Chamberlain has the most of those. But, I mean, Andre Drummond has been – I mean, I'm a Piston fan. I watched a lot of Drummond games. I mean, he's good for 15 boards a night, and that's crazy to even say. But he truly is good for 15 boards a night if he's playing in a regular rotation this yeah. year. By far his worst rebounding year in a while. I think, would you say he's averaging 13 and a half? 13 and a half. This is his one of his worst seasons because of the, he's just not getting played. They have too many centers. There's a the, they're the worst team in the league as far as point differential. They get yeah, they lose games by at least to, ten game points. If he went to a Boston Mavericks, Toronto, yeah. I think it could shoot up to sixteen. I mean, again, out of those thirteen and a half, four of them are offensive rebounds. Those are second chance points that I think yeah. Boston Mavericks, with the kind of shooters and playmakers they have, could could really reap the benefits of having an Andre Drummond. But I do think if he leaves Cleveland, there's twenty nine other teams in the NBA. All of them have room for an Andre Drummond. Absolutely. Absolutely. All of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, this is crazy to say. I would love if they could somehow work out a thing to get Drummond back in Detroit for Blake Griffin. I mean, that sounds crazy. But, you know, Detroit's starting to see some young promise in some of their players. Jeremiah Grant's been tremendous. Mm-hmm. And Drummond back in Detroit with with some actual scores around them. Who knows? I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our power rankings. Um, obviously we don't get as uh, crazy into this as we do our NFL power rankings, but we'll give uh, our top five from each side. Let's go ahead and start in the East where it's kind of, uh, kind of crazy over there. Yeah. Um, I think the top three in whatever order you have them, I think most people that follow or pay attention to basketball at all will have the 76ers, Nets, and Bucks as your top three in the East. I mean, there, someone may have something else. Um, Interesting. And, and not willing to hear the arguments. I'm going to put them in that order, though. Philadelphia, the Nets, the Bucks. The Nets, I still need to see more time. Uh, and with them being so close to last in the league in defense, um, and they're doing a lot of their winning with two of their big three. Kevin Durant's missed some time. Kyrie missed some time. Um, but goodness me, James Harden is playing out of his mind. He's leading the league in assists per game. He's playing phenomenal. Um, and the Milwaukee Bucks at third. However, I have Boston at four simply because I trust them more than the Pacers, even though the Pacers have a little bit better of a record. Um, Boston, I think, rounds out the top four. Like I said, they're just missing that extra push on the offensive glass and they, they, they need They need a third option. Really. Kemba's not as consistent as you'd like. And I guess the fifth team, I really like the New York Knicks and it's kind of crazy right now. They're, they're sixth, but I like the New York Knicks because they're first in defense in the league. They're number one in opponents points per game. So Their defense is phenomenal, and they're third in rebounding. So they're a very tough team, and they're they're a big team. The problem is is they're 30th in points and 29th in assists. And I I don't have an exact player, and I don't know where it would come from, but if the Knicks could acquire a -a get-a-bucket guy, just a guy who can come in and average somewhere between 20 and 25 points per game, I think you could see the Knicks cause some real problems in the playoffs with how they play defense. Um, you, the Hornets are playing well right now. The Raptors are up there, and the Pacers are playing really good. But I, I just think the Knicks are a more fun story. So I, I'm going to have the Knicks at five just because I kind of wanted a minute to talk about them. 
Yeah, their defense is uh, staggeringly good. It's the best in the league by two points per game. Uh, second would be the Lakers, who everybody knows is a good defensive team. Okay, and they're right there with the Jazz and the Suns. But the only problem with the Knicks is they don't score. Yeah, they don't have that guy. They don't have they, that guy. They average 103 points per game, and they give up 103 points per game. Uh, they're I, in a dead nut tie every I, night. I think they're they're a trade of for a playmaker, a a, a, tra- a just one trade away from from being a team that can go over the top. And if the trade deadline hits and they don't acquire someone, look for them to maybe fade out of my, of my power rankings. But I've never seen a team you know so dominant at one end and just bad at the other end. But again, I just think if they can if they can acquire acquire that guy, I just think yeah. they can be really good. So. Real quick, run yours down one more time. Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston, Knicks. Okay, we're close. Um, for me, it's the Nets, number one, only because of what they made their trade midseason. They're still figuring it out, but right now they're winners of four in a row, six and four in their last ten games, which is pretty similar to everybody in the East. It, all your top teams are right around 500. They're six and four. They're four and six, or they're five and five in these last ten. They're all beating each other up. Uh, two for me, it's one of the best home teams in the league, if not the best home team. They're 12 and two at home. It's the Sixers. I believe they're the best home team in the league, though. They are. Yeah, they are. Um, which they were the best home team in the league last year as well. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're night and day. Shockingly, everybody before the season and all of last season said Simmons and 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 uh, Embiid can't play together, but that's actually not true at all. They're very good when both are on the court. Needed a coach. Needed a coach. We'll get to buy. Um, Sorry, go ahead. You're good. For me, three and four was actually a toss-up. I know you said it was easy. I actually gave the edge to the Celtics, and only because they got, Kim, they got Kimba back. He's averaging 21 a game, but they've lost those games. They need to figure some things out. I like them going forward more than I like the Bucks. who, by the way, the Bucks lost four. They're coming off four in a row. They've lost four in a row. They're five and five in their last 10. I mean, they're, they're 16 and 12 on the year, but it's like, man, if they didn't score 120 a game, they would lose a lot of games. I mean, there's a big thing about the Bucks, which I, I like you putting them at four because since Drew Holiday has been out with COVID, the team's crumbling. And in a very interesting stat, which I think is a huge knock on Giannis, is the Bucks are the worst team in the league this year. I heard they're – I'd have to double-check this, and someone listening can fact-check me if you want. I, I believe they're 0-9 when trailing going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. They, they can't come back and win. Yeah. And I, I heard an interesting take, and I agree. I think the problem is, is there's solutions on their team already. The coaching staff needs to give the keys to Chris Middleton. I think he's your get-a-bucket guy late in the game if you need a score. I think Chris Middleton is running it, and they're trying to force the issue with Giannis, but he's just not that guy, at least not yet. He can't shoot. But go yeah. ahead. No, I, I'm agreeing with you. I just think that, you know, it's just not there. And and truly, you know, I proposed a trade a minute ago, Andre Jumbo to the Raptors. The Raptors are my fifth team. They're starting to come alive. They're starting to win games. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. They are trending up. Uh, they need a center, especially if they want to compete with, you ready, Giannis and Embiid. You need a center. Go out and get Drummond however you can. Acquire him, and you can shoot up this list. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, my, that's my top five. Going to the West, I guess I'll start. Uh, for me, this is a runaway. It's the best team in the league. It's the Jazz. 
They're uh, winners of nine in a row. They're nine and one in their last ten. Number two, though, Blazers, baby. Winners of six in a row. Eight and two in their last ten. Uh, number three, Lakers. Three and oh in overtime games this year. They all came three in a row. Um, and they're eight and two on the or eight and two in their last ten. Four. I have the Suns over the Clippers. I have the Suns. They're eight and two in their last ten. The West is just beating up the lower feeding teams and the East teams. And then number five, not that this is bad. Uh, they're currently, I believe, third in the West, but I have them fifth. Uh, they're six and fourth, the Clippers. Yeah, um, I'm going to I'm gonna agree. The Jazz are number one. I don't know yep. if anybody can have any arguments. They're, they're nine-game win streak. They're virtually tied with the 76ers at home 13-2, and two, but they, they just don't lose. They're, they're playing fantastic basketball. And when you kind of do a little bit bigger of a dive, Across the board, fourth in points, first in rebounds, third in defense. They just they have no weaknesses to their game right now. Um, number two, I'm going to keep it the Lakers. They still got the best player in the NBA. Um, they're still winning games. They're 22 and seven. Um, Lakers at two, but I, I do agree. I do have Portland kind of jumping up the list here. Uh, Damon CJ are, are playing really well. Damian Lillard. It seems like when one takes the night off, the other one balls out. Um, Enos Cantor has played really well for center for them. They've got some nice pieces. Um, Robert Covington's a really nice role piece who's starting to shoot better at the three ball. Number four, though, I'm going to keep the Clippers in there. They're still one of uh, one of four teams or one of three teams, excuse me, in single digit losses. Uh, Kawhi, Paul George, they've still got the, the star power there. Um, they're not as I want to say they're not as dominant, but they're winning 70 percent of their games. Um, Number five, though, it was hard to pick one, but I, I will go with the Suns. Uh, Chris Paul, where he goes, they're doing better. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. And honestly, I couldn't name one other guy on their team, but those three are, are getting the job done. They, uh, they're they playing really well. And just one more little comment back on the East. I think it's shocking how, the, like, with COVID going on and no fans, it's weird how much better the top teams are doing at home. Uh, Philly, the Nets, and Bucks home records twelve and two, eleven and five, nine and three. Road records seven and eight, seven and seven, seven and nine. So I think that's just kind of crazy how even during a COVID year with no fans, it's really still taking its toll to go on the road. But that's not, not the case for the West teams: eleven and three, thirteen and three, eleven and four, ten and five, all on the road. The West is so much better than the East, and it's it's kind of crazy. I mean. Uh, Tyler, if you're listening, I know we talked about this at poker the other night. The Nets and Warriors played. They virtually had the same record. The Warriors were eighth at the time, and the Nets were third. So you look at kind of the record differences, and the West is way tougher. Um, for those of you who still forgot or were never informed, or 10 teams make the playoffs, theoretically. There's a play-in game for 10-9 and nine versus 8-7. and seven. So we're going to get a lot of good teams from the West. Currently, Dallas and the Kings are floating on the edge, but NBA is a lot of fun right now. Super glad I bought the NBA league pass. I've been watching basketball every night before I go to bed and it's, it's really entertaining and there's so many storylines and so many good teams and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Shockingly, the Spurs who we haven't talked about on this pod um, ever, I believe are That's nine, and, nine and three on the road. They're 16, 11. That would be good for third place third place total in the east they'd be the third seed they'd be better than the bucks yeah it's crazy (laughs) yeah and nobody's talking about them 
They don't get any love ever. So that's pretty crazy to even think about. And, uh, you know, the Mavericks, obviously you had higher hopes. I even thought they'd be better. Um, they're basically a 500 team, just shy, just underneath 500. They've had their issues. Um, but we're going to talk about Luca here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a, we had a discussion that broke out at the poker table the other night, um, watching the Mavericks in the Warriors game, which they beat the Warriors, correct? Uh, when we were watching, uh, it was the Nets versus the Warriors. The Mavs was the game we were joking about because it was NBA replay. Who did they beat that night, though? They had beat somebody. Uh, I don't know who they were playing. Did win, but though. Luca was incredible in that game. Um, let's uh, yeah, pull it up here. I got but, some... okay, up right now. Basically, the gist of the conversation was I'm just not sold that Luca makes this team that much better. And when I say that, I want to be very clear and distinct with how I say it. Um, just because you have the stats doesn't mean that that translates to wins. And wins as in um, being competitive and eventually getting yourself to an NBA title. And I know how you feel about Luca, and I guess I just I'll come out with an opening statement here before we even start this conversation. I want to preface it with this. Uh, today is February eighteenth, twenty twenty one. Luca's birthday is February twenty eighth, so in ten days he's going to turn twenty two years old. So with all everything that's being said, he's twenty one right now, going to be turning twenty two, and I mean it's just there's there's a long career ahead of him. He could play for ten years and still not hit his prime. So. Let's just uh, let's say that first. Yeah. Luca's averaging 29 points per game, 8.6 rebounds, 9.4 assists, and 4.2 turnovers. And what I was trying to say to you the other day about my issue with Luca is, in my and I was basically saying he's not a top five player in this league, and right now he's flirting, falling out of my top ten, and there's a lot of players I would take ahead of him. But my biggest concern with him is he's Russell Westbrook. He's Russell Westbrook without the intensity that Russell plays with. Because truly, I don't see the same intensity out of Luka. I see a kid that's very good at playing basketball. He can score. He can shoot. I mean, he's coming on to shooting, but he can shoot. Um, He can rebound the ball. He can grab. He can dish the ball. And he does things with the ball that are very like... Point guardish, even though he's not even like a true point guard. I mean, he's really like a, a big point guard, kind of like LeBron in a way. Not that I'm comparing to LeBron James. Right, I get it. But uh, he's Westbrook. And I, I'll let you rebuttal before we even start arguing anymore. That's my opening statement. He's Russell Westbrook. I guess that's tough for me because Luke is clearly my most favorite player in the league. He could be and, your favorite. I, I'm not. Well, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I get that. Yeah. What I'm saying is like my least favorite is Russell Westbrook. Like, I can't can't stand Russell Westbrook, but that's neither here nor there. I guess when you're talking about statistics, he's currently fifth in the league in points per game. He's currently third in assists, 18th overall, and second among guards in rebounds per game. Um, Statistically, he's all there. Um, This Mavericks team is much, much worse without Luka. I know you would agree with that, that, the team's not as good with Luca. That's obvious. But when you say he's not making his teammates better, I just that's just kind of crazy. I guess the only way I could describe it is 
you would have to list off players, maybe your top 10 per se. And I would have to tell you realistically, if I'm starting a team, if I would take Luca over that player. And I, I was, we, we didn't touch on a ton at poker. It was just briefly stated because it kind of ended yeah. at this. Point. We, yeah. we said, most people in the room said he's not top five, but most everybody kind of nodded right away when we said top 10. But what the thing was is I kind of came out with the comment that I would take Luca over Giannis. And yeah. I, I stand by that. And maybe some of you guys say, how is that? But I, I just feel like when I watch the Milwaukee Bucks, who have a really good roster and good team, and Giannis is the head of that team, there's ways that they take Giannis out of the game. And in playoffs, he doesn't matter. And I look at this Mavericks team whose roster, a lot of people would say, is really underwhelming. And Luka, without Chris Stapps, was able to take two games from the Clippers. I mean, virtually by himself. Chris Stapps got thrown out of one of the games, and then he missed a game with injury. It was the game where Luka hit that step-back jumper at the end of the fourth quarter to beat the Clippers. And I just think Luka is so good. He has all the intangibles offensively, and I'm not going to sit here and say he's an elite defender. There is much to be desired from Luka defensively. But to be fair, he's asked to do almost everything offensively when he's on the floor. Maybe that's where the stats come from. But I know there's a handful of guys off the top of my head. Kawhi Leonard, Jokic, LeBron, Curry. I would take those guys before Luka. But I really have a far, hard time, especially players 25 and under, who I think are better than Luka Doncic. I think he's a top five player in the league. And if he's not top five, I find it hard to fathom he would fall outside the top seven. So, I mean, that that's kind of where I sit on him. I think, I think he's going to win. If the over-under was at one and a half MVPs, I'd take the over for Luka. I think he's going to win multiple MVPs. And I don't see why he couldn't be able to win a ring. I think out of the players that he's compared to for the next generation, you look at Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. Um, I might Did I say Jason Tatum already? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, ben Simmons. You take some of these young guys. I know I'm missing some, but I just think Luka's the best out of those guys. Zion, I, I would just take Luka over any of those guys. And this Mavericks team is 13 and 15. I know that it's he's not carrying this team to a winning record or definitive playoffs right now. Again, he's only 21, but like without Luca, you can insert any other, other guy. I think this team doesn't have even 10 wins. I think everything the Mavericks do is through him. And even Chris Stapps has missed games throughout this season. He didn't, he wasn't there at the beginning of the season. I think it's helped having him back, but I don't know. I can't say enough good things about Luca and, I would argue on paper, I, I probably have him at about five or six. But in terms of guards, he's got to be top three for me, personally. It's crazy that this conversation's even happening, because yeah. I, I, and some people would probably say I'm stupid for even bringing this up, because he's coming off, this, is, this was last Friday night, 46 points, 12 assists, 8 boards, and he shot it at 56% from the field that night, 4 personal fouls, three turnovers. He followed it up on Sunday. He, he won that game, by the way. He followed it up on Sunday, scoring 44 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, and oh yeah, he shot at 70% from the field that night. 
His okay. career field goal percentage is 45. Yeah, so he had five turnovers and four personal fouls. I guess, and here's where I'm at. Like, he does an awful lot of losing. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of losing. And he's a defensive liability completely, um, which has to be factored in when we're, when we're, we're talking about a player. Um, in the month of February alone, this month is 18 days deep. He's 33 points, nine and seven and a half. I mean, nine and a half and seven and a half. It's incredible. He's almost shooting it at 50% from the field. Um, he averages five, you know, five turnovers a game this month. He does turn it over a ton, just like Russ does. I mean, the top five in turnovers in the league, got it right here. Number one, Russell Westbrook, 4.9. Number two, Harden, 4.3. Number three, Trey Young, 4.3. Number four, Luca four point two. I mean, they're they're right there, and then Zach Levine at three point nine. I just think that like, and maybe this is me being weird, but Harden, Trey Young, and Luca, it almost feels like they have to be the distributor for that team. The other guys are ISO scorers or rebounders. They have to be that guy, so the turnovers are going to come. Yeah, they will come, right. especially when you have the production numbers I just read off. Right. But that's where I, I don't follow it with Russell Westbrook. I feel like he has other guys who can play that role. He just kind of like does it himself. And again, you look at Young, Doncic, and Harden, and they score efficiently. Russell Westbrook puts up, you know, sometimes 20 shots a game and makes eight. And it kind of just seems like that's why he loses. I feel like Russell Westbrook is oftentimes – his aggression for stats is the reason his team loses. When I watch Maverick games, I don't I don't want to go as far as to say Luca's a liability. He's not a good defender. I don't want to go as far as to say liability. But when I watch Mavericks games, I don't ever think, man, if Luca could have got that stop in the middle of the third quarter. Like there was never anything really like that. A lot of times Luca's guarding spot up shooters or guys who are kind of running along the arc. He's not really on the main ball handlers, just getting yeah. beat. And um, his rebound numbers, I think, help what he can do defensively. Again, he's six seven; he should be able to get boards. I just think that Russell, like Trey Young, um, and Harden, are more guys that Luke is in the category with efficient scores that just they try to do too much at times. Turn the ball over. Trey Young's another young guy, same draft. Russell Westbrook, I think it's kind of like the same old story. He kind of, you know. He forces the issue, and he's got to be one of the most inefficient MVPs. Like, I know he gets the triple doubles, but I wonder what his career field goal percentage is, you know, things like that. I just, I don't know. I I guess when I I really start to dive into him, now, mind you, I should say in their last, in their last five games, they're four and one. So they're definitely trending up. And in their last um, seven, they're five and two. Definitely trending up. But there was a stretch here in January where it was not good. They were losing. Matter of fact, the month of January, he was, I don't want to say bad, because he wasn't. 28 points, 10 and 10. He averaged a triple-double the month of January at 47% from the field. Um, Four turnovers, only 1.2 personal fouls. So down significantly. Because this is his fault. But everyone knows Luca came into this year. Overweight. He was out of shape. He had to play himself into shape. So it was like, oh, there's like two or three games in December for some teams. 
and then the month of January is basically the opening month. He yeah. literally played himself into shape in the last probably week or two, like into February. He's looked like the Luca we thought he'd be, but even I noticed the first couple games, I was like, he kind of looks like he's he's maybe ten to fifteen pounds, a little bit over well, what he should have been. In you you season. said this the the the. The season started in December. There was four games, 23 points, six and six boards, or I'm sorry, six assists and five and a half, eight, yep. 5.8 boards. But if you Definitely look at not his numbers, right. His points went up eight to 10 into, into January. His assists went up about five. His rebounds went up three or four. He like, two of he, 21 from, from three pointers. Yeah. His he three point shot was closed that he's closed that dramatically. Yeah. His he's first, gotten better. He's right. gotten better. But I just I'm looking at it and I just wonder. It's maybe, hard. Maybe when, I think he's doing too much. Maybe I think he's just doing too much. This is not the recipe to win. It, I mean, that, it's, it's hard to argue. But there was a game here. Hang on here. January twentieth against the Pacers, who by the way are a playoff team. Okay, in the East, they're the fifth or fourth seed. Thirteen points, twelve assists, twelve rebounds. They won the game by twelve points, and it was it was close in the fourth quarter. He didn't have to do that much. But there's plenty of games where he's dropping. I mean, listen to this one here. Um, 30 points, 6 assists, 4 boards, they lose. I mean, that sounds like a great game, but that's maybe he's maybe scoring scoring at that clip just isn't, I don't know, maybe get more guys involved. Something is off here. I guess he there, the Kobe Bryant effect. I guess there's just a couple of things. The, the get the more guys involved, he's third in the league in assists per game. Yeah, but- all all I'm saying is, I think what hurts Luca is we see a tenth place, thirteen and fifteen out of the Mavericks. I think that's what hurts. It's it's the team's win loss. But if you look at thirteen and fifteen, I mean, I just think this team has such a poor roster, and people who don't watch basketball be like, I know Chris Stapps is there, but like, a lot of people wouldn't even know. Like they got. Paul Finney Smith starting. They've got guys who just like Tim Hardaway Jr. is coming off the bench. I wish he could score the way he did for the Knicks sometimes. And he can catch fire. Trey Burke's their relief guy. They got uh, Jalen Brunson playing. It's like Willie Cauley-Stein is their backup center. I mean, he's really not a great player in the NBA. I just think this roster is so weak, and it's like, sure, they win games, lose some games. I mean, that's just the NBA. I mean, different games, you catch different teams. But I just – I've seen – the Mavericks have played how many games? 28. I'd say I've seen 21 of the Mavericks games I've been watching. And I just – and maybe my uh, judgment's clouded, but I've never watched it and been like – Man, Luca just—it was if he would have done something different. Like he just—he scores so efficiently when he gets the ball. It's like he'll be in the paint and make a floater. He's not just jacking up shots. And it's like he's so efficient in getting other guys involved. And he's third in the league in assists per game. And if you could count how many guys miss when he throws, it's kind of like LeBron gets a double team, kicks it to a guy wide open, masonry convention. It's like just throwing up bricks everywhere. So. There's good and bad, and I'm not saying there's not downfalls to his game. And I think we'll put up a, a post after this pod. Nothing in, invasive, just thoughts on Luca, anything and everything. Just to see yeah. what other people say about him. Yeah. Um, I don't like the Russell Westbrook comparison, although I can see how it's made. A stat guy who doesn't win a ton. 
But I think when you dive deeper, he's a much better player than that. And I'm, I'd be. I will say this: he's shooting it at a much. He's shooting at a clip Russell Westbrook wishes he shot it at. Right. I just if you don't have him in your top ten, that that kind of makes me seem like you're just doing it just to like try and light a fire for me. I can totally see not top five. Yeah. And and when you get to six seven, because you got to incorporate all positions. You've got Embiid. You've got Jokic. You've got Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron, Davis, Tatum, Paul George. And there's plenty of stars in this league. I just if if you ever have time to watch a Mavericks game. The dude just play. There's some things like you said he does with the ball where it's like his body control. He does like three fakes, gets people off the ground, and mm-hmm. he just seems like an average dude too. It's not like he's a high flyer dunking on everybody. He's just he's kind of like watching poetry is the way I say it because he's so fluid in the way he plays. He's not a guy who's just gonna like fly past you and dunk on you. He does everything so methodically and. I just really enjoy the way he plays, and it's awesome that he's only 21 because I'll be able to watch this guy for the next 12 to 15 years. But goodness. Yeah, I mean, at, at the numbers that he's putting up, I mean, it, it's really crazy. It's just I almost wonder if it's sustainable, and I just compare him to other players that maybe have similar situations. You know, Damian Lillard, that dude's dragged his team to the playoffs, and I'm not saying the Mavericks are going to miss the playoffs because they could definitely rebound, but the West is better. And there's dudes that get their team to the playoffs every year. You know, Damian Lillard drags his team to the playoffs. And they have as much to work with, if not less, than the Dallas Mavericks. So it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to give honest critiques. No, no. And and I don't know if some people are watching this like, man, Jeff's getting after Brad. We're just spit talking. There's no, no ability here. And I, mean, I don't hate Luka. I'm just getting people, your right. opinion because I know you're a Luka guy and I know you watch a lot of Luka. But I'm just trying to see what I'm – I want you to know what I'm seeing. And am I justified? You know, you've, you've gave plenty of great arguments. And, again, I sound crazy because of the numbers that I'm reading off of the screen are literally jaw-dropping. Like, you would be happy if you were putting these numbers up in 2K. <laughs> I mean, truly you would. They don't seem real. I mean – 28 10 and 10 against Atlanta a couple nights ago. That was his that was his last game before he dropped these two nasty 40 pointers. Last year was his second year in the league, correct? Him and Trey Young, it was their year two last year. Yes. And he he got the Mavericks to a 7th seed with this team. And right now, I know they're the 10th seed, but you said they've hit their stride the last week. They had a stretch in January. They're they definitely February's been good to them. Yeah, they could not win a game. I think this team's on the up and up. Like I said, we'll see on the trade deadline. I think, you know, a player like Andre Drummond would be sweet for the Mavericks. But, again, they could get a guy who can who can maybe lock down a guy, you know, a, a defensive guy, a rebounder, maybe a power forward or something. But I just think this team still has the trade deadline. They're 13 and 15, which is only five games away from being all the way up at the four seed. So this team's that everyone's still got time in the NBA. This team's on the up and up, and excluding his rookie year after they lost, you know, it was the Dirk farewell tour and everything like that. He made the playoffs last year, and in the more difficult division, the West is tough. But D- Damian Lillard, same way. Um, but uh, Damian Lillard did uh, miss the playoffs last year, and Luca didn't. They they were in the playoff game, weren't they? Oh, Lakers, they were the eighth seed. See how stupid I am, guys. Brad, check your facts. You're good. 
You're good. But um, yeah, they lost to the Lakers. L.A. knocked both of us out. I guess if we're talking about Portland and stuff, but um, to see and, Chris Stapps, Portland just beat just beat the Mavs in their last game. And I'm not saying oh because they beat them, they're better. But I mean, Damian Lillard was 34 points, 12 of 26. Um, that's what that's like the numbers that I want to see out of a out of a guy, and, I, and it's like, it's crazy, because Luca was 14 of 20, so he had a way better game, and you're like, well, he, he has a better chance, I don't know, it just, I, just I feel like that. there's so much production, it's almost counterproductive. I, I guess we just feel a little different on that, but I know last year in the playoffs, Chris Stapps, the, the Mavericks were beating the Clippers, and Chris Stapps got that boo-boo ejection, it was terrible, for a second foul or whatever, and the Clippers come back, and everyone wrote him off. And then Luca by himself beat the Clippers in a game. And it was just like, it was that moment when he hit that shot where I was like, everyone was like, oh, the Mavericks might do it. Because everyone seemed to cheer against the Clippers, who was a Bron fan. Yeah. Or for him. So everyone was paying attention to that series, first year with Kawhi and Paul George. And for Luca to play as well as he did in that playoff game, I think everyone noticed, like, he was playing well, and it was like, they just started triple teaming him, and no one else could really do much on the team. I, I think it's a weak roster. I think they could add some pieces, but I will stand by it right now. I think the Mavericks will make the playoffs, at the very least, one of the play-in games, which I guess is 10th through 7th seed. But, oh, the Mavs. Luca. Okay. That's all I got. Just wanted a friendly discussion about Mr. Luca. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a wrap. Yeah. Three you got anything games. else? Nope, just Raptors, Bucks, Heat, Kings, and Nets, Lakers. Um, with some COVID stuff, Spurs have been getting pushed back, and uh, Mavericks, Rockets just got postponed from yesterday for tomorrow. Excuse me. So COVID's definitely impacting the season a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Watching NBA, I don't think there's any lack of quality. I think there's some good teams, and especially if you're watching the Western Conference. Uh, let's do some quick picks tonight because obviously we got some really good games. Raptors at Bucks. Who you got? I like the Bucks to bounce back. I don't think they'll go on a five-game lead streak. Yeah, it does seem like to be a lot, but the Raptors, I Raptors match up with them. They've 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 matched up with them pretty well, even since the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years back. I'll take the Raptors to win again. I look for Giannis to have an absolute night. I don't think they have an answer for him on that roster. Uh, ten o'clock. This is the big one. Everybody's been wanting to see it. Brooklyn Nets at the Lakers. Kevin Durant is out. Anthony Davis is out. So this is not even the full, the full uh, spoonful. This is really just a, it's a sample size. Who are you taking? Lakers. Lakers big. I like LeBron to have, this team's been dreadful defensively. I think LeBron has a massive game tonight, especially being alone. I would love to see him go for that 45 that these other two are dropping. Kyrie's in the house. Go give him the business. I want to see a prime LeBron game tonight. Yeah, I, I, you would say put KD on him and have some fun, but is there anybody who can match up with LeBron? Now, first of all, KD's uh, out. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, no one can match up with LeBron. I, yeah. I know that. But, like, do they have anybody who no. can match remotely with LeBron? I don't think they, they do. Just went out, they went out and got uh, Amon Shumpert. I look for 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 um, LeBron to have a triple double tonight, and he's going to score over thirty two. I think he goes for like thirty seven, 
12 and 11. I think that would be a good, good, good uh, stat line for him. But I like the Lakers, especially with no KD. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i with you there. And, uh, you know, you guys, Michigan plays tonight against Rutgers. Uh, Ohio State plays against Penn State. As long as both take care of business, we will have a – we're going to have a top five matchup Saturday regard or Sunday. Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. Sunday. This weekend, Sunday. Sunday. I believe it's Sunday. Yeah, we're going to have a top five matchup regardless, but shaping up to be a real good one. Uh, watch your guys' games, and I'll be watching the Michigan Wolverines and then probably tuning into the Lakers Nets. But, uh, yeah. Brad's been real, man. Yep, NBA's fun. Carson Wentz, wild. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Talk some more uh, NFL stuff that's coming around and any other sweet NBA headlines. Until then, see you guys later. Go Blue. Take it easy, bud.